With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston. He is the Pyramid, Red Florence! Margaret, here the Fiend coming out. You stick on, stick that big LED, red light bulb on for the Fiend. And his partner, in the top end of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for this. He's going to bump for it. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. I am not the creator of Burniston, neither am I a former TNA wrestler. Well, there goes the first mention of TNA. I am, in fact, John, uh, usually producing the shows, but taking over the hosting duties in Rab and Grado's absence. Congratulations to Rab, by the way. Tied the knot at the weekend and reports were it wasn't your traditional wrestling wedding, so there was no invasion from Grado, so that's good news. Um, so, yeah, covering the show for Rab and Grado, and with me from the Marks podcast, it's Scotland's answer to Dave Meltzer, it's Sports Kida's Gary Cassidy. How are you, Gary? Every time you say that, I get the feel I'm going to get hundreds of or mail than I usually get hate messages on Twitter, but uh, I'm doing no too bad at all. How are you? <laughs> not bad, not bad. And we thought Big Alex is off. We talked about this in the Marks podcast, if you didn't catch it on Tuesday. He's got a hot date. So we've had to bring in a substitute and we thought, we need someone with a bit of wrestling now, someone who's been there, done it in the ring. So we thought we'd bring in the experts this week. So please welcome to Wrestling Daft, second time around, it's the Fresh Prince of Dremoyne Square, the one and only Ravy Davy. How you doing, Davy? What's happening, Troops? I'm absolutely buzzing to be here today, not mean getting a chance to co-host the show. I love listening to the show every week, so getting to do this and dabbling a bit of... Hosting is actually fantastic. But I actually thought you brought me on for my daftness and no my wrestling. I thought, Gary, we've got to come to the wrestling. <laughs> you know I think I've got the wrestling. I did a wee bit of studying in that, you know what I mean? And looked at the stuff just to make sure I'm not coming on mate, the knowledge, you know what I mean? You've probably done more research than Grado ever has for this show, <laughs> to be fair, mate. So you'll probably be able to... I mean, he's done a lot of work before. He's done a lot of work to get the show where it is, you know what I mean? We just his work before the wrestling that, you know <laughs> Absolutely. So what have you been up to during lockdown, Davey? Because we spoke to you on the show just at the start of lockdown. How's it been treating you, mate? Eh, well, I've got a bit of I've put on a cut of stone that, know what I mean? Uh, it's not been treated as well. But I finally got back to work about six weeks ago, so that's doing as good, you know what I mean? That's, that's helping with the mental health, you know, like getting out just out with the boys and that, uh, getting back to work, making a bit more money. Because for that full furlough, you know what I mean? Really, I wasn't furlough, I'm self-employed, so I wasn't getting furloughed. I was just having to scrape by, you know what I mean? Which wasn't really the best, but... No, uh, I'm actually I'm actually managed to put money by for a wee trip to Amsterdam this weekend. Not I mean, so oh, I, it's nice. up. It's going up now. So nice, I'm nice. For it. 
Yeah. I, I, I guess, I mean, because you're self-employed, David, I mean, there was a bit of money coming in from the wrestling as well, and obviously that's kind of hit your pocket as well, I'm guessing. Uh, well, the, the, the wrestling as well, you know what I mean? Obviously, the, well, I know I, I, I'm a bit embarrassed asking people to buy my merch and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Because obviously people are going through a hard time as well, so there's no like, merchandise sales and no wrestling, and there was no work at that point, you know what I mean? So I was hit a lot of angles, but I'm finally obviously getting back my feet in that now, so... It's getting better, not I mean, and obviously the sun is shining, as they say. <laughs> I think if you're, uh, if you're self-employed and you're a wrestler, which is pretty much self-employed, I don't think you can uh, be too be too mad at asking people to spend a bit of money on merch because that's the the worst cocktail you can have. Oh, no, 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 never. I would never ever when people tell you this. Any wrestler tell you this? Not I mean, I would ask people for to buy my merch every day of the week, but just when there's a global <laughs> pandemic, no, I mean, I'm, I'm fair. For a place that govern, I know, I know the script. No, I mean, I, like, people are obviously going to be in the same boat, so it's not really nice. People want to buy them, that's not I mean, they can mail me and ask me, but I'm not going to be following it. No, I mean, no one time with us anyway. Because I know they're struggling, not I mean, somebody asked me to buy them, that's I'd have clearly told them where to go, not I mean. So. <laughs> well, like, I'll just scrap that from the show plan. <laughs> we plugged uh, the wrestling daft merch right now, I'll scrap that for the show plan. Sorry about that, mate, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, David, I mean, how you been keeping up with the wrestling? I mean, you been still being able to practice, how you been doing that? Yeah, hey, luckily I've got an eight-year-old boy, you know what I mean, who's wrestling daft, <laughs> as they would say. <laughs> so he wants the goodies we travel to all the time and wrestle, you know what I mean? So that's, that's good, that actually does keep me, keeps me, uh, I'd probably be a much bit, uh, I'd probably have put on a bit more weight than I've ever done, you know what I mean, running about after him, so that's done as good. And then obviously, the one good thing about lockdown is obviously he's, he was out of school and that, so we started a wee tradition, staying up and watching the pay-per-views and that, you know what I mean? So that was quite good. He used to buzz after I'd wake him up at uh, 12 o'clock or quarter to 12, we'd go down and have our sweeties and that, and we'd watch right. the, the telly, which obviously was brilliant, because I used to do that as a wee boy, but about his age is when I started doing it, so yeah. it's a good wee flashback for me, and he, he was buzzing after it, so he's actually a bit disappointed now when I had to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what, have you, have you been missing missing it Davey or oh mate I am like, I can tell that wrestling definitely is when I, I let my anger out and stuff like that man because like, <laughs> in work the other week I, I couldn't find my hard hat man I just thought somebody stole it I ended up going mental man and was like flinging stuff about no like, like, what's happening I just after it I was like what's wrong with me usually I just be like chilled not even leaving care and I was just I was just getting pure flustered or something man so I was realising that's probably because I'm no flinging people about in the ring or getting flung about in the ring as long as you're not throwing people about your work, going to the super no, 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 I don't be daft, I just I know it's something that I would just something I would need me caring about, not when I'd be like, oh well, not when I was just need to get another one. I was like, ugh, and I ended up the most embarrassing about it was I'd left it down at my arse, down at the, the boat with the site, so it was actually still there, not <laughs> Uh, but listen, obviously, we're in a strange bit of wrestling. The world's went in the wrestling world, certainly in Scotland and UK and worldwide. It's had a bit of time with the speaking out movement, and you have been a crusader online, you know, going against the people that have been involved in this. I mean, how strongly do you feel about it, Davey? Well, the way I see it, I'm not, I don't want to be a big crusader. I don't, people, I don't want to be like a hero or anything. I don't want to be like an advocate. Obviously, I want to. Like, at the end of the day, people should be like, saying these things because obviously it's bad. Not I mean the way the way I uh, identify is let's like, see if like in Facebook somebody said there was like a paedophile or like, uh, somebody that had like sexual assault charges in your area, and you seen that on Facebook, and there was good evidence for it. You'd share it. Not I mean so when I'd seen things with evidence on it, I was like I'm sharing it. Not I mean obviously there's a lot of false, false accusations stuff like that. I'm, I'm not touching any lie. I'm not doing lie because then I could end up looking like an idiot if I believe somebody who's lied about something. Not I mean so the way I see it is. I'm just being 100%. The way I'm seeing it is anybody that I've seen with evidence against them that was 100% and they tried to like, cop their way out of it, I just said, no, that's, that's bullshit. We can see it there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
that's just I feel like if it like, as I was saying the face when you would share it not when you'd let all your you'd let everybody know about it, so that's that's the way Adam, not I mean I just thought that you happy with the steps that all the promotions have been taking then, I Well it's the end of the day, we can't really we can't really talk it in the noon till until we actually see it in, in live up front, no, I mean at the end of the day it's, that's one of the ones I'm not going to I'm a bit not gonna lie, I'm a bit burnt with it, so it's uh, one of the ones but I, I just want to see how it goes and we'll see what everybody gets with it at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, because it was a lot, no, I mean there was a lot of things coming out. There's a lot of things that were up, that are coming out that as well. I'd see probably I don't think are true, but at the end of the day I'm not gonna sit and say anybody's a liar, not I mean because it obviously took a lot of people uh, hard work to speak out, not I mean at the end of the day, nah, I'm obviously I'm proud of anybody that did it. So it's that way that I just knew that I knew, knew that I've read everything. You no, know, I've took my thoughts in. I've gathered. I just want to see where all these companies will come through. At the end, you know what I mean, and see. Hopefully, we can just make this better. Because at the end of the day, uh, as I, as I'm saying, like if it was in your area, you'd want it first. Out. So uh, if it's in the business that we all apparently love, we should want it first. Out, you know? I think that's the, the perfect thing because that's like always say it. There's always going to be wrestling. Obviously, if you can get rid of the bad stuff, then if you're going to be the guy that's been on the right side of everything, then you can say in your mind that you've been on the right side of things morally, then there's always going to be a place for you in wrestling. So it's the, the kind of thing that I just think as well with the statements. I keep saying this. There's been good statements. There's been bad statements. There's been nay statements for some companies. But it might turn out that the companies that have made bad statements or nay statements might take more steps behind the scenes. The ones that are saying a lot might not actually do a lot. So I don't think we will know until we get back to right. wrestling actually happening. Because that's, um, that's, that's one of the things I, I, I see about it. And obviously everybody's wanting names named and heeds on sticks and all that. But see if like, these companies are actually being the big companies that are on that and they're actually taking legal proceedings. We can't they just say stuff like that. They, they don't want to obviously be held liable just with, for people being idiots and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, technically... It isn't these companies' faults, not I mean, if people have been doing this, obviously, we need to, as I said, work together and get rid of it. But I get it, obviously, it was a lot, not I mean, it was like something new every two seconds. It was, it was hardcore. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, obviously, I, I imagine a lot of guys were burnt out for it, not I mean, because like, it was mental. I mean, it must, obviously, have been, must have been hard for you seeing some of your mates, obviously, accusations against some of your mates as well, I'm guessing. I know, definitely, not I mean, obviously, there's. And then seeing like, some stuff like, with people that you look up to and all that, and then it ends up being true and that and all that. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to be fair. I mean, it was one of the ones that, we can you be able I mean, it's just let's hope we don't we get rid of these people and they just make sure we never come back and we fix it for ourselves the future generations. Because at the end of the day, there's been all these scandals in wrestling. I mean, eventually the fans have just not got to come back. We've just not got to use the time of day and then we've just got, what's the, what's the point of doing it for? I mean, I get obviously... We all, we all laugh at it, we all say we're all marks and all that, we all do it for ourselves, but they're obviously, they're doing it for, we're obviously doing it for fans, we obviously want to make a living at this, we want, to, we want to become professional wrestlers, main thing is professional, that's one of the reasons as well, I've obviously coned it down on Twitter on that as well, because like, at the end of the day, it's no got, we're not going to be able to fix things, I'm blasting everybody, not, I mean, just need to start, it's not ideal, but we'll get through this, I hope anyway. Well, fingers crossed, like you say, we get through this, and when we eventually get back into the venues, it's all sorted, both out front and behind the scenes as well. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Davey. Um, on the show, we've got all the usual stuff. We'll be doing the list of wrestling. I'll be looking back at the best debuts. Um, we'll have your buddy and put overs from this week in wrestling. And on the retro review, we've got a special guest joining us from Cultaholic, Tom Campbell. He's going to be giving us some to check out from back in the day. Plus, Gary caught up with the legend that is Tama Tonga. Gary, what are we going to do? Ah, there we go, the big guest, Davey. No, just you've got Tamatonga, I know. <laughs> what do we expect from Tamatonga, Gary? 
Oh, one of the ones that I always say this, some of the best uh, interviews you get are the ones you don't get any time to prepare for. I got home about three minutes before I started doing this interview, so I didn't have any questions prepared, and it was probably one of my favourite interviews I've done. <laughs> Guy was just brilliant. He's got one of the most, you know, people listening to this are listening to three folk, or two folk for Glasgow, one for Larbert. Our accents are the, the, the nicest to listen to. Tama Tonga has a Beltran accent and a Beltran voice, so he could have read the dictionary and I'd have been happy. But he spoke a lot about New Japan, a lot about the Good Brothers, which was the main, the main kind of thing I was asking about. Um, a lot about evil, um, doing his, I know this isn't turning Japanese, but doing the, the heel turn in Japan. And then just a wee bit about his podcast, because, you know, we don't mind plugging other podcasts on here. Tama Tonga, Tonga has his own one, uh, where he... His very first episode, which is the only thing I mentioned about his podcast in the full interview, the very first episode, he mentioned about how when the Bullet Club took off, he, um, he kind of had been learning for Gallows about how you should always try and make the most money out of eating you can. So he made counterfeit Bullet Club t-shirts and sold them through a baseball website and brilliant. got quite a bit of heat backstage Amazing. for it. So I, <laughs> That's brilliant. That is total carny wrestling behaviour, oh, that. Man, I love that. So, superb. So, I look forward to hearing that. Um, but first, let's move on to your correspondence from last week. Now, I just caught this before um, I come, came on here. I thought it was brilliant. So, Colt Cabana, someone sent this in to us. Colt Cabana on Twitter. Have you seen the, is it Logan Paul went Aye. out and said, $10,000, I'll wrestle any professional wrestler. And everyone in there, did you do this, Davey? Did, did you oh, see mate, this? no, I actually had a joke. <laughs> help for it. I forgot to tweet it out. Wait there, I'll, I'll get it up. <laughs> So Logan Paul went and said, $10,000, I'll wrestle anyone. And every professional wrestler from across the world has tweeted him back saying, I'll have a go. Um, I'm, 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 I was looking out for your reply, Davey. What did you go for? was going to be $10,000 to anybody who gives me 7,668.5 British pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I so apparently then Colt Cabana's tweeted out then recent just there just now ten thousand dollars to any wrestler who can beat me in an influencer <laughs> match. <laughs> but this is the bit I love about it. Do you remember Grant Holt who used to play for Norwich? Aye. Had a stint at Aye. Him? He's he's just uh, tweeted Colt Cabana back saying anytime let me know, but he spelt no n o right. So Colt Cabana's then tweeted back Grant Holt. So Grant Holt and Colt Cabana are into this now. And Colt Cabana's... Oh, good, man. That Grant Holt's about 6'5", isn't he? Colt Cabana's tweeted him back. I definitely beat you in a spelling bee pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> Do we remember the thing about Grant Holt's Twitter account in the first place? No. So his Twitter bio used to read... Uh, obviously, it's his official account, verified tick and all that. It said, uh, Dad of three beautiful girls, coach, pundit, and all-round nice guy. And the reply was, that's some weird names for your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so last, last week, we set you a bit of homework. Um, after we got a tweet from Chris, he said, <laughs> we start the tweet, he said, after Marty Janetti's tweet confessing to murder, I was wondering what is the best stroke funniest rumour you've heard about a wrestler. When I was at school, loads of rumours about the Warrior dying and then coming back. I remember that well. Uh, Davey, what, we'll, we'll come to you first in this. What's the best rumour you've heard about a wrestler? You must have heard a few crackers back uh, To be fair, the one I heard that end up turning it through, you know what I mean, was uh, Jake Roberts uh, taking uh, fucking crack in Scotland. At the, uh, I'd heard about that before. I, was, I heard about that as a wee guy, you know what I mean? I know. Gary, have you, you, you've obviously got your finger in the pulse of the journalist. You must have heard a few. 
Annoyingly, most of the bizarre ones are the ones that turn out to be true. Uh, uh, especially I mean, this week. Really <laughs> the ones I can think of. Uh, I mentioned the one last week, and I still need to stick to it. The one that Vince McMahon died many years ago yeah. and has been replaced by an actor. Uh, I still think that is the most bizarre one ever. And could be true, but I don't think it is. Definitely don't. That one happened with Ultimate Warrior as well, but uh, aye, that, 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 that was the rumor. I mean, that's the big one. That was the big one for me. Some belters coming in here. You mentioned. Oh, Jake with the one with Randy Savage and. Stephanie. Aye. Aye, yeah. <laughs> Funnily aye, enough, aye. That, that made the list, Davey. A um, couple of ones. You mentioned Jake the Snake there. Tommy says, the strange wrestling rumours was when my mate was younger, uh, was that Jake the Snake Roberts owned a flat in Castle Milk. My mate lived there and spent most summers off school looking for him. <laughs> that- oh, fact, I've got another one. Sorry for interrupting you. I mean, just because I'm thinking it, and I'll end up forgetting if I don't. But uh, that, uh, because you've said that as well, that uh, Roddy Piper was for the Gorbos. <laughs> but I think the Jake Snake one was true because I think he had a girlfriend in Scotland and that's how the old you know Gregor's always talked in the show about that East Coast right post office aye, that's aye. how that all came about so I think he, I don't know if he left in Castle Milk mind you I don't know um, McQuernan uh, Steve McQuernan on uh, Twitter says Royal Rumble 2000 was going to be at Hamden I can't remember that um, Ali says, I remember hearing when I was a wee guy that Papa Shango set the ring on fire and burnt the British Bulldog's dog death. <laughs> I don't think that happened. I, I hope it did, not No, no, no. Uh, Chris says, have you heard this one being Glasgow boys? Apparently Nails moved to Glasgow and owned a used car lot in North Glasgow. I'm sure it was on his Wikipedia at one point. I mean, it was also not selling used motors. <laughs> I, I think I'd have heard about that one. No, no, no. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, Viscera, according to Willie, uh, Viscera was fired off the WWE for doing a massive line of coke off the hood of a limo. <laughs> I don't know if he, the, 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 the one that always, always did the rounds was Thomas, who says Mabel was the third man of the NWO. You've heard that one before? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maple, I was doing a fat assignment and then yeah. end up, they get a bumper contract. There was one that I think actually ended up getting spoken out about, and it was uh, Tennille Dashwood, known as Emma, apparently stole a phone case for a shop or something like that, and that was how she got disciplined. Flint Ironstag says the Mountie killed a couple of guys with a cattle prod. Um, Jordan says, surely the constant teletext rumor. Remember, on te- you guys are probably too young to remember. I remember teletext. Well, I remember teletext to be fair, but... Aye. Apparently there was a rumor on there on the wrestling pages that you used to scroll through that uh, Kane was joining DX and he was going to change his gear from red and black to green and black. I remember the photoshopped images a few years ago of that with Kane and X back. With the, oh, the I, remember, I always remember the games. You could turn them all the different. Aye, 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 yeah. I'd always turn Kane uh, games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Andy says Vissera got stuck in a motel bathtub after a house show in Louisville back in July 2000. Steve Blackman and Crash Holly had to pull him out. The bathtub broke and WWE had to pay $200 for a replacement. That ultimately <laughs> led to Vissera's release from the WWE. Could believe oh, that, sure. to be fair, but... Aye, not too unbelievable, but I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mainly Crash Holly being one of the guys to lift him out. I mean, I know, I know Crash was a <laughs> strong guy, but... <laughs> uh, and finally, this one from Kyle. Uh, not much of a wrestling rumour, but I heard at a show once that Grado and Kenny Williams were trained magicians. 
I even sent a PM to Kenny to see if this was true or not. Unfortunately, it turns out it's not for Kenny, but I'm not sure about Grado. <laughs> Grado, have you ever heard that Grado is a magician, uh, Davey? I don't, I, 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 no, no, no something that's never came up in conversation anyway. He's kept that one secret if he is. Yeah, well, we need to ask him about Andrew, that. He's always good at disappearing. Uh, that's very true. He is good at disappearing, that's for sure. Um, and Jan says, I heard the rumour that Grado was once in TNA. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a lot of nonsense. That's the most far fetched. Sure, the right, so that's all your rumors. Thanks very much for that. I tell you what, here's the homework for next week, okay? And Davey, you you're not gonna be on next week, so I'm gonna ask that ask you this one. Have you ever used a wrestling have you ever used or have you ever seen a wrestling move used in a shoot fight? Have you ever seen someone drop kick? Have you ever seen someone suplex? And a shoot fight. I've seen I've seen people that use suplexes and that I but the the most when I, when I used to get drunk that was before I'd gone into this and I just always have a hang where I'd always stun off people. I was in the pubs <laughs> and that and, <laughs> So yeah, that's your homework for next week. So if you want to get in touch with that or anything random wrestling related stuff, uh, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft. You'll get us on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast and it's just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. <laughs> So every week we separate the good from the bad in wrestling as we bury and put over stuff from this week. Um, it's kind of like the MMA sort separated from the raw undergrounds of this world. You're, I know you're a fan of the raw underground, but I, I had to use that. I'm just going to sit in silence because I'm yeah. I'm quietly um, standing by raw underground. I love it. <laughs> Davey, have you seen raw underground? As a wrestler, what do you make of it? I man, I, the way I see it is everybody always wants something new, not when you always want stuff different, and then whenever they do something different, everybody wants to piss them on about it. Why don't just let them do it and then see when it's done, then criticise it if it was shit or no, I mean let actually let them tell the story before we decide if it was fucking yeah. I, I, I agree, John. <laughs> I, I agree with Davy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say against, against, anything against Davy. I agree. I agree, Davy. You're a wrestler. I, I, I don't agree. Because obviously I'm through that situation. I mean, if I was still getting a story today, obviously, and I was to put my all my hard work into it and all that, and then somebody was just as soon as seen it once, going like, ah, that's shite, not been changing. Like, you would be like, oh fucking hell, man. What am I meant to do? They always want new stuff, but you give them new stuff, they fucking moan. <laughs> that is true, that is true. Uh, so let's do the buddies and put-overs. Davey, we'll come to you first. Uh, what would you like to bury and put-over from this week in wrestling? Yeah, well, I'd like to put over, man, the, the story, obviously, with Rey Mysterio, Dominic and uh, Seth Rollins. Obviously, it's ramping up now. It's actually going to be Dominic wrestling, and usually usually they'd have a way to go to it where eventually like, Rey Mysterio come down and wrestle. I think it's just it's actually going to be Dominic versus... Seth Rollins one on one. I actually really want to see that. No, I mean I think they've obviously put a lot of time and effort in it and the the was would you call it the angle at the Monday there was really good. No, I mean with it I'm hitting them with the Kendall sticks and stuff like that, and then obviously the the marks and that makes you is is a is a is a that not really makes me even though I know it's it still makes me go like oh Batter him, me man. Not I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. My wee boys that like, send me the TikToks, not it, not I mean stuff like he's right invested in it, that and all. So it's obviously it's, it's working with something, not I mean. It's doing, it's get, it's getting over, getting over the younger demographic, which we, as we all know, that is the golden chalice now. Is the younger uh, demographic. I've not looked uh, this week, but last week uh, that segment, um, the one that they done the week before, was the most viewed segment for on YouTube. Oh, really? Because the thing I was saying, I obviously see the way you were saying there about the Wednesday graphic. See, if I seen a wrestling t shirt I liked and I was skint, probably wouldn't buy it, you know what I mean? But see, my Wayne asked me to buy something, you know what I mean, from wrestling wise, and I had my last £20. 
a good chance I'm going to buy it for him, not I mean, just because it's three day in it, not I mean. So that is the day we got. So that's what's got to sell stuff for them at the end of the day. Uh, and what are you burying, Davy? Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really like the. I don't know if you've seen the, on TNA. I actually, I actually, I've started watching that. You know, I actually like TNA a lot. Like, I suppose I could replace Gredo for the TNA. Hang with here the night, not I me. Mean, actually, I, don't know, I used to watch it since 2003. But the hang with RVD and that man, that uh, the hang with the, they were, they were just. Oh, I see. I like to watch myself called Palmer, man. I've been watch wrestling for it, not. I mean, they're just they're getting all at it, not. I get that's obviously it's, it's today that it's to annoy people and that, but I just think it's I don't know. It's, it's the only thing I hate about you on impact. One of my heroes, honestly, Rob Van Dam is is looking like a bit of an old guy now, not. I mean, it hurts me. Doing soft porn. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not going to tread over old ground on uh, on the marks. Obviously, I, I buried uh, Retribution quite badly and I praised Raw Underground and Dominic. So I'm not going to go old ground. I'm with him to the blue here. I'm going to start with the Biddy because it's a wee bit of a serious one and then I'll, I'll do my put over. The Biddy, we kind of spoke a wee bit earlier about this, the full speaking out stuff. My Biddy is Rev Pro as a promotion. Um, so Rev Pro, two weeks ago, put out a post that um, the promoter Andy Quilden had done a four-hour podcast. I've not listened to it, but a four-hour podcast all about the Speaking Out movement. Seen a few snippets here and there. Um, apparently delved pretty deeply into the Speaking Out movement in this four-hour podcast. And then two weeks later, they have announced their comeback show and on the poster is several talents. So I'll no name just for the sake of it, but several talents who were accused in the Speaking Out movement. So it's the most tone-deaf thing ever. And this show was recorded two weeks ago. So it was recorded around the same time as the podcast was recorded. Just tone-deaf. Um, absolutely hate it. What, what, did, Re- did Rev Prone, were they not very active initially as well? Yes. They were one of the first to it and scrapping the management and all that sort of stuff. And then this is what they're doing. You're choking. That, this is the thing that I mentioned earlier when I said about, you know, people can say a lot, but it doesn't mean they do a lot. That's one of the reasons I'm saying I'm keen to take a step back and just going to see how it actually plays out now because there's things like that, I mean, obviously. And that's why, that's why I'm actually kind of glad a lot of people have took their time now because there's, there's stuff like this. These people will jump straight in, not I mean? I handle the progress as well. They just jump straight in and then it'll yeah. block my face, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I'm actually glad that a lot of places are taking their time and actually, because look at this shit show now, you know what I mean? That's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not wanting names that I, either, you know what I mean? Because it's just getting these daft as a time of day. But, uh, what? People that are like, trying to blacklist people for speaking out their pals' rape and stuff like that. I mean, stuff that there's actually evidence against, and these people are still getting booked that because they can do a couple of flips and they're one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter, man. It should still be. If you're going to end the day, see if it's going to be different. See if the ref at least just got to be, to sit back and no, no be big white knights and all that. Aye. Then I could understand, but they're wanting to be the faces it, so be the fucking faces it. And, yeah, yeah, it was you know just I mean? pure tone deaf. It was just when I seen the poster, I was like, oh, you're joking. I took a wee bit of time before I actually said it, and I because I'm like, I don't know if I'm overreacting. And yeah. then the day I was like, no, it's just. What's, it's it, what's just the online bad. reaction been like to Gary? Very mixed, but I would say the the bad comments are a bit more solid and forthcoming than the good comments. A lot of a lot of people saying, oh well, you know, nothing's proven, or this kind of thing. But it's the fact that they came out and were trying to be really transparent and. Obviously, putting somebody on the poster without addressing why they've decided to put them on the poster when there's still active accusations, just no, just no good, not a good look at all. No, um, so just no for me. So, what's put over then? I put over. We've mentioned a lot of TNA stuff, and I'm gonna put over someday, and you'll know why I'm gonna put them over as soon as I say it. I'm, I'm very transparent here. 
Eric Young, uh, man. Oh, boy, that was class. <laughs> Eric Young last night, you know, second ma- his first singles match in Impact. He mentioned on the Chris Van Vliet interview before I got to interview him how he felt like he hadn't wrestled in three years because he was going out doing a 30 minute, ma- 30 minute, 30 second match, wasn't even getting like a minute on TV, doing the job essentially. Um, but last night, oh man, had an absolute beltry match with Willie Mack. Of course, what do you do when you've been in WWE for four years? You come out in your first singles match, you do the best pile driver you possibly ever can. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, and just for a, a shameless plug, I'm sure we'll be sure we'll be airing this interview in the coming weeks on this show anyway. Um, but I got to interview Eric Young and that guy, I was already kind of invested in Impact anyway. I love what they've been doing for the past couple of years, and I keep saying it. They've got themselves into a position where people are going to start paying attention now. It's no by luck. It's not an overnight success. I got to interview him, um, and nobody has been more passionate, more determined, just more motivated. Seems like a guy that's got a point to prove, and I just can't wait to see what he does going forward. But that match last night was fantastic, and I can't wait to see him against. Uh, there's two matches with seeds planted. One is him with Rich Swan because um, he's attacked Rich Swan who retired last week. Um, so the seeds are planted there for a match between them and him v Eddie Edwards for the World Championship. Uh, seeds are planted for that match. Can't wait for either of them. Absolutely love Eric Young. He never loved people to prove uh, points to prove. Uh, uh, was it Kurt Hawkins? He had his first match last uh, week. He was probably the longest match he's had in how long? In his full career, you know what I mean? <laughs> Aye, and obviously we're all used to seeing Kurt Hawkins lose. It's one of my favourite things about him is that he actively pushed for himself to no-break uh, his winning streak in WWE and then yeah. eventually did. Um, but aye, his first match and impact last night was for the World Championship against Eddie Edwards. Obviously lost, but it was one of the matches that I keep mentioning it with these, these open challenges. Eddie Edwards is the same. Cody Rhodes with the TNT Championship. Reminds me of John Cena where it doesn't matter if you lose the match because if you're pushing one of them to the limits, you're probably going to make a name for yourself anyway in the match. The thing is, well, I was thinking about that when you see the match with Kurt Hawkins and that as well. Obviously, as I was saying, it's, it didn't actually look as if he had any, but obviously he wrestled. And that's what I was going to say. In fact, he wrestled that full entire match and then he lost, but he came off looking strong. I'm happy Aye. with you know, like, there's no like, impact, sorry, that they're no just getting all these WWE guys in and like, making them win and all that and stuff like that. Because I think that was a big obvious thing in the past that used to do. Aye. I'm assuming Kurt Hawkins is coming in as independent talent. He's not signed for impact, has he? I believe he has signed. Oh, has he signed? I, right. I, believe he's, I don't know how long a deal is it, but I believe he has actually signed. They've done the full build with him. They've done vignettes over the past uh, like three weeks or something. Oh, wow. He didn't debut at Slam Aversary. I'd, so I mentioned this, put myself out again, but obviously when I put out the story about the Good Brothers signing. Um, I'd heard that Heath Slater, Kurt Hawkins, and there was another person, and I'll say the name now because I don't think they've signed, but I'd heard that Mike Bennett was going to go back as well. Um, obviously, Maria Canellis would have been part of that. I don't think they're going to be back unless it's just been delayed or something, but that was the names I'd heard. And weirdly, I thought Kurt Hawkins was the least likely because I thought he'd have went with uh, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona yeah. to, to AEW, but he's went there, obviously former Impact talent, the nice wee thread there is that the last time he was an impact, he pinned Eddie Edwards, who is the world champion, which is why the match made sense. Ah, uh, the GCW, what was it? Aye, it, uh, it was like GFW the... GFW thing that was happening, wasn't it? Aye, uh, 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 GFW, Global Force Wrestling, was uh, that? Aye. So, aye, but good to see them back in it, exactly what Davey said. They're not just putting them back in and going, right, former WWE guys, give them all the belts, give them all the airtime, they're actually using them to make their talent that have built impact to where it is today look strong. That's so. good. I like that. 
Um, go to some of the listeners' suggestions from buddies and putovers this week. Uh, Bronze Cello, our friend of the show, uh, put over Dominic taking it like a champ. Excited for retribution on SmackDown. Um, also putting over Orange Cassidy, the global warming expert. Did you see that spot? It was great. I ah. loved, loved that. <laughs> loved that. The debate was fantastic. He's uh, burying the awful food poisoning angle. It is literally shit. Uh, well, depending on what the end comes out. This is the, obviously, Montez, Montez. Ford. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, po- that, that, that's terrible. That is I didn't like it, but I love seeing Bianca Belli on Zelina Vega. So if it goes that match, I'm, I'm not going to... Throw, throw any flags. Yeah. Uh, Louise says, put over Ray Mysterio's son taking those candlesticks uh, from Seth Rollins and Murphy. Um, Randy Orton and Ric Flair's spot on Raw was amazing as well. Uh, Buddy the Fiend and Alexa and Braun Strowman, Strowman promo in the ring. I didn't like that. I, I talked about it in the March. I, I just was all a bit weird and... I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'll be interested to see what happens at SummerSlam with that um, and what happens to the special with Alexa because it was just all a bit weird for me. Um, John uh, Buddy, uh, he is burying Raw Underground, just a shite version of Fight Club. Can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> Talk about Fight Club for the movie, I take it. Aye, aye, aye. aye. Don't worry, we're not stepping on ICW's. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking that was the beatdown clan at first there. <laughs> Because obviously the MVPs we couldn't, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting over Orton and McIntyre. The match of SummerSlam is going to be a belt. Our WWE paying tribute to China with their own personalised IC belt. I've not seen it. Um, it's a wee replica belt. They've done it a few times where, you know, it's mainly like The Rock. They've done it with Stone Cold, Undertaker. They brought out uh, like the old Intercontinental title that China held. And it's got like the, the nameplate already like welded into it anyway. And it's got a few just wee bits and bobs. Looks really nice. Um, I, I actually can. It's one of these wee bad boys, but it's oh, the right. China version. It, um, when she held the Intercontinental title, looks fantastic. Looks really oh, nice. Uh, Intercontinental Championship is actually my favourite one. To be fair, not when that was the one I like. Everybody, everybody says. Are, are, you, are you a belt? Are you a belt guy, Davey? Are you? I, I like. No, there's some belts I like. Obviously, the one, basically the ones. See the what the basically the attitude era ones and the ones just after that. I like all them because that was as wee guy. You know what I mean? But I do think the all the new ones are a bit OTT. Yeah. Did you, what's your, your favourite belt? My favourite belt, I love the US spinner, the US title spinner belt, that was my favourite belt. Spinner belt, belt. I, I, I knew that would be it. I mean, John Cena was absolute peak tap notch, man, kicking about with that belt, no, I, mean, I had the wee fake one, man, loving it, kicking about, I, was the top. <laughs> I had my wee John Cena album and all that, for a week, man, oh, I was I a bad that. I can see you, I can see you <laughs> cosplaying uh, John Cena, Davey, I really can. Um, at Nice to Wrestlers uh, on Twitter says, Put over Randy Orton for being on fire week after week. This is the best he's been in a long time. I would 100% agree with that. I think this is the I, best Randy Orton. I, I, ever think, been. I, would like, I would like to ask one thing I would do. I did like very, why is everybody when they've got a big foot that they're all battling Ric Flair? Not at all. One person kicked his head in. Randy Orton kicked his head in. Batista was ragdolling him. I put like a wet track. You know what I mean? Absolutely fucking if we were all got. Can we just leave Ric Flair now? He's, he's had a few health scares. Let's stop barking the old man. I know they forgot about that, you know what I mean? I forgot about the Batista one as well. That wasn't even that long ago. I forgot about that. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, That's a new t shirt. Stop batting. Davy Davy says, Stop battering Ric Flair. That's a new t shirt there. I know he's the pure absolute dawn in that, but come on. Peter wants to, sorry, Nice Dressers want to bury Ruby Riot's theme song. Sounds like something from 90s Nickelodeon show. I quite like it, but as a wee bit, you know, tacky PG, like 
WWE trying to be punk. That's what it is. Peter saying put over MGF for being the best thing on Dynamite week after week. I will not argue. I think MGF is a as a heel. Have you seen much of his heel work, Davey? I I actually did. He's one of the guys that actually tries to try to keep wrestling in the the olden days. Not mean to actually keep it. Mate, he's stealing your look as well. I mean, you what you've got to get that. He's got the old burgundy. He's got. Oh the old no, because that's things he but like, obviously this is everybody always mixes this up. This isn't it, Bobby. This is Aquascum. That's thing that I've always noticed. Bobby's either right low end or right high end. You know what I mean? He's either really rich people, well, Bobby are really like, scummy people. As I'm Aquascum, I'm middle end. You know what I mean? Peter's buried uh, Chris Jericho for prancing about like a Vince Neil impersonator at a biker rally with no masks or social distancing in oh, the I, pandemic. I was very tempted to put that as my bury until what the thing happened because that, and the best thing I've seen about it, Smash Mouth played the same thing uh, and somebody just retweeted it. I, I know a, a, an interviewer for Canada that I love called Spencer Love retweeted it with a caption, not the sharpest tools in the shed. Very good. Uh, Ryan said putting over Oscar and Bailey from Raw, they're on another level. That was oh, what a match that was, by the way. Oof. That yeah. was my match of the night. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that was the match of the night. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, I mean, you can the match with Andy on the Cave Rose was good and all. Right. I mean, like the actual, I'd say that's like a better story towards it, the way they were, the Randy Orton and Kevin Owens got run it, but the actual match with Oscar and Bailey was just. But from from a wrestler's point of view, Davey, why did, was that match so good? Do you reckon? Just because the two of them are the game, not I mean, and they just you can tell they've probably just they've got so much chemistry and all that. Not I mean, like, even if they were dead and rang, they'd still be able to make it look perfect. Not I mean, it's just stuff like that. It's just when that when people that that when people click that way, or not I mean, and stuff like that, it's just the kind of game rang. You can just tell that. You can just tell by watching that. Yeah. Well, Ryan's putting well, over that. Really the big story, the, the build they've gave Sasha and Bailey not means amazing. Not, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Not, I mean, one of the, big, the biggest two stars will go is one minute and ten years ago. That that would never have been a thing. Not so it is. I mean, they've, they've been they've been carrying a lot of the shows. Uh, Ryan's putting over uh, Oscar and Bailey, but he's burying Retribution because they just look like kids from the flats. <laughs> I would. Sorry with that, eh? Fuck's sake, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Ravy Davy and the, the group of Neds that he had for the Grado match could take on Retribution. I, I think that'd be the uh, faction v faction. There you go. Aye, aye, aye. aye. Retribution be Ravy, Ravy Davy's crew. That, that is aye. the young team. We'd have better balaclavas, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know the exact balaclavas to get, Davy. Uh, Stephen's burying uh, Retribution just looking like a bunch of wee Waynes. Uh, set. Go and set something on fire or do something or at least attack someone, Stephen says. Get something on fire, fuck's sake, darling. For the man sets building on fire. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought when they, what they did in Smackdown the week before where they came in and destroyed everything, quite nexus with chainsaws and battering people, I thought it was good. But then, like you were saying, on, on Raw on Monday night, Gary, they're throwing a brick through a window and running away. And the th- the, I keep mentioning the two bricks they threw one through when it was already the one they'd already been put in, which is a waste of brick. <laughs> uh, but also the the thing that I keep pulling back, the SmackDown thing was um, it was brilliant. I really liked that angle. It started selling me on it, and then we went straight to two hundred five live where everything was back to normal for what's meant to be a live show. 
So uh, that was infuriating. <laughs> uh, Darren's uh, burying the AEW Women's Tag Tournament being on YouTube and not on Dynamite. Uh, so a lot of comments about that. Aye. Appreciation night. That's a strange that one. A bit, that is a bit daft. Isn't it? No, I mean, we've got WWE having two of the best. If it is a competition, right, we've got WWE having some of the best stories right now with women putting them at the top, not being actually showcasing them, and then they're having this tag tournament that's meant to be showcasing them, but they're just putting it on YouTube. For, I, get, I get maybe the idea because it's free to watch so they can get more eyes on it, but Still, it just seems like, oh, just go and watch the this B tournament. Not I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Scott finally putting over wee Dom, taking a beating like a champ, and he's burying Marty Jannetty, casually committing to murder, whilst <laughs> being racist and homophobic. Impressive stuff. <laughs> oh. well, the thing see about the Marty Jannetty thing, but the thing I've noticed straight away, right? It's obviously a lie, right? Because he goes like, ah, I never told my brother because he'd, he'd kill him, but the guy's a partner of the deed. If you want more from Wrestling Daft, you can do that. You can get us at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Um, we have loads of extra content up there. Obviously, Davey said at the start of the show, it is pandemic. But if you've got a bit of money spare and you fancy extra content from us, we can provide that on our Patreon service. Uh, tier 1 news, a cruiserweight. You'll get that $4 a month. Uh, Patreon-only chat community, ad-free versions of all episodes. Early access to all the episodes, you get random bonus content a video version of the Mark show and you get to vote on what you want to see featuring the list of wrestling daft which we'll have later on the show um, tier 2 and IC champions $10 a month everything in tier 1 plus the video version of this podcast each week you'll get a bonus episode once a month um, we've just done Rab on Wrestling where he talks about uh, his time in the business talks about Kelvin Brawl do you remember Kelvin Brawl Davey? Yeah, that was just before my time but that was kind of what kick-started me wanting to get into it you know I mean really? I'd start to see all that stuff with Kelvin Brawl the documentaries and all that and I was like right, I, I can do that you know what I mean if, if there's people getting about doing this I can I can get into it, no, I mean, I'm, I'm mad enough to do uh, something like this. <laughs> I well, Rab talks about Kelvin Brawl and uh, Orin War, which came before it, which apparently had one of the best matches in Scottish wrestling ever when uh, Lionheart took on Noam Dar. Have you heard of that? Aye, 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 I've heard about that one. I've seen that match and that's, that's uh, Lionheart used to talk about it all the time, not when we were in the training and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that you, you hear uh, Rab talk about all that. And next week, we're going to give you another bonus episode as we do part two of the Grado story, It's Yourself. And this will be him entering. We've got to the point where he's entered the ICW ring and we're going to walk out from ICW ring. All the stardom that came in between right up to him entering TNA. So that'll be part two. We'll be doing that next week. Uh, you can also... He's learned when he became a magician. I, I will ask him about being a magician at all. Uh, you can also join our pay-per-view parties. We'll be doing one for SummerSlam uh, very soon. Uh, tier 3 is World Heavyweight Champion, $20 a month. Everything that I've just talked about. Plus, you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt of your choice. Had to sign up for them three months before that. And you get to come on the show as one of our marks or in the running, which we're going to do a bit later on. So if you fancy any of that, get involved right now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. would love to welcome you to the roster. It's that point in the show where we load up the wrestling DeLorean with plutonium and head back to the past as we look at pay-per-view from days gone by. And this week in Rabin Grado's absence, we've another special guest to be our Doc Brown from Cultaholic. Yes, other wrestling podcasts do exist. He is presenter of the Daily Podcast, among many other things. It's Tom Campbell. Uh, I like to think that we load up the DeLorean with Gastrol GTX, Drive Hard. It seems appropriate <laughs> yeah. for a retro wrestling feature. 
Absolutely. Tom, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, I've, I've been desperate to get you on this show for ages because it's great to see you. You've come from a very different, same journey as me where you've been in radio and now evolved into a wrestling journalist. How, how's it been for you? Well, it's been, do you know what? It's been a weird old time. It's funny, the first time that, yeah, first time we met John was uh, in, a, in another life where um, you guys from Heart Scotland came to the northeast of England. You were doing a show from uh, our studios for the day. And obviously, to celebrate going out and doing a breakfast show in the local area, you have to go out and drink a lot the night before. Yeah. So that's what we did. And it was kind of there where we went, wow, wrestling friends. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think we just became best friends. Um, but it, you know what? It's been, um, it's been a fun transition. Uh, it was roughly a year ago that uh, the, the, the radio journey with, in my previous life came to an end. And it just so happened that I was already doing some bits and pieces with Cultaholic as it was. And it just so happened that at the time when I was finishing up, my old radio job they were looking for somebody full-time in the office a cultaholic and it just just the stars aligned quite nicely and uh, they said we want to do more more audio stuff i said well look i can probably help you with that a little bit and uh, do some stuff on camera as well so it's been an adventure uh, and this year i think for everybody has been a bit of an adventure we've not long got back to the office at work so i'm this is the first time i've been in my spare room slash the office for a uh, just over a week. Uh, you'll have to. I have to apologise because in typical spare room working from home style, I have company. <laughs> it's all right. Davies is back garden. We've got kids running about and everything. I thought, that was just, I thought that was just a really good virtual background. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not that much sun in Scotland. It can't be real. <laughs> This is sunny, Gobbin, mate. Never, never rains out here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so, Tom, thanks. Uh, we're going to get you on. Uh, we're going to get your retro review recommendation in a minute. But first, we've set your homework from last week. So, we had radio's Gary Spence. You'll know him, Tom. He's oh, on... I know Gary's brilliant. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he was on last week, um, and he is of a vintage where he basically has a specialist subject of wrestling from 1985 to 1995 WWF so he recommended that we should be watching Wrestlemania 6 last week okay oh nice that was the yeah. first Wrestlemania I ever watched the yeah, ultimate challenge of course um we put this out to the listeners a few people have done their homework Gary I'm guessing you've been up to your eyes doing other wrestling stuff so you've not seen it Aye, but I did actually recall quite a lot of the matches anyway when we were talking about it last week so aye but um I've definitely not watched it in the past week. That's the one thing I can, I can yeah, say. Yeah, no, no. Davey, do you remember WrestleMania 6? Aye, ah, I saw it with Warrior and Hulk Hogan, that in it. And then the one with Roddy Piper done the... Yes, yes, the one that Roddy Piper did. The, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that hasn't aged well. And then, um, actually... Well, I've reckoned when Barrier's not been having the first ever black woman wrestling at WrestleMania. We might not be, but I, I'm sure it was not. I mean, and then they go and do that. Not, I mean, kind of... I actually read, I read a, sh a shoot interview with Roddy and it apparently wasn't meant to come, come Roddy's apparently not that way inclined at all but it wasn't meant to come over that way it was meant to be a kind of Nelson Mandela Cindy Lauper true colours thing but I don't think it worked for him to be honest That's with you not the way it came across sadly no it didn't come across <laughs> that way um, general disappointment on Twitter said that pay-per-view has not aged well at all yep I think I agree with that um, Alan says Hogan kicked out at three and a half guy just can't do a proper job always has to give himself that out well I've got, I've got a bind with this I've seen that first started training mate uh, obviously I end up getting pinned one day the first time I've ever taken like, a pin right the guys beat his one two three and I went oh right at the end you know what I mean after the, the freeze happened like, why have you done that I'm like 
don't know. I suppose I've, like, I've woke up after it and I'm like, just trying to hang with like, no, mate, you need to stay done. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, because I, I, obviously I'd never really caught and done to that. I'd seen it like, once or twice at WrestleMania. I never really, I was made into like, the Ultimate Warrior actually went, so I was more, like, engrossed in that. So I'd never actually picked up on that moment and then I thought I'd thought I'd fought up myself. Oh, that's a pure cool thing to do, but I'm not your burying your opponent if you do that. <laughs> oh, there you the Ravy Davy over like Hogan. Won't be pin. <laughs> uh, ben said he was oh, asking everybody hangs with the starters. I've got to be Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold or something. <laughs> <laughs> ben said uh, had this on the WWE anthology DVDs. Great pay per view, especially Dusty Rose and Sapphire coming out to Wheel of Fortune. Now, if you look up on the network. They've dubbed over Common Man, Dusty Rhodes' entrance is Common Man, obviously, right? And he comes out to that. And they've done that in the network. If you dig into the YouTube world, however, Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire come out to the Wheel of Fortune theme tune, as in Nicky Campbell and Jenny <laughs> Powell. It's true, actually. Yeah, now you say that, you're right, they do. Which is bizarre. Really, odd, really bizarre. Odd moment, odd moment. That is, mate. Well, obviously, I take the most of the rights for it, and that's how they've had to... Well, yeah. W treatment. I don't know why Dusty Rhodes would come out to the Wheel of Fortune season, but it's brilliant. I, I went and dug, the, dug this out on YouTube. It is available. We'll put it up on our Twitter so you can see that later on. So that was WrestleMania Six. Tom, what are we? What is our homework for next week? Uh, a homework I'm going to set for you guys uh, is a is a is a bit of a way away from that. Um, an event that actually had it been the WrestleMania of this year, uh, it wouldn't have been a bad. Thing. I'm going to give you guys Backlash 2000. Ooh. Now it's going to be Triple H with Vince in his corner and The Rock with Austin 360. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Vince McMahon. The odds are even. The Rattlesnake is back. Will we have a new WWF champion? WWF Backlash, Sunday, April 30th, exclusively on Pay-Per-View. So, WrestleMania 16 uh, was uh, a bit of a damp squib as a WrestleMania. It was kind of that time where they'd started treating WrestleMania as a big event. And it was, and they'd started sort of talking about the pageantry of it all. And unfortunately, the year they started doing that, it was just a... It was just a very average show, with the exception of that triangle ladder match for the tag team titles. But four weeks later or so, we had WWF Backlash, which, had that been WrestleMania, would have been absolutely mind-blowing. One of the better B pay-per-views, I think, of that decade. So it's on that show. Uh, I've had to put up the card to remember, because a lot of it is sleeper matches of greatness. Uh, things like... Um, Big Show and Kurt Angle have a really fun comedy match on there, which I think is that's the night where we met the showster. And it was at a point where Hogan was still doing his thing in WCW. And so to see it so blatantly mick taken on WWF programming was really quite bizarre. Dean Malenko and Scotty Too Hot, you have a match for the light heavyweight championship on that show. And the light heavyweight championship was that belt that was just very much pushed to the one side. And then all of a sudden, like, they had no right to do it, but Scotty Tuhati and Dean Malenko just had a, an amazing series of matches for the light heavyweight championship. And one of those matches is on this card here. If you want some garbage wrestling, you've got a six-man hardcore match for the, the hardcore championship. Uh, it's sort of like a free-for-all type affair, very similar to 
the the hardcore battle roll they had at WrestleMania, but, but I would argue with a little bit more form to it. We had Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit going one on one with a, a the, whilst the finish wasn't perfect, like the match showed that here's two guys who are going to very much lead the way. Uh, in the industry, and that's a really fun match to watch as well. Um, we see Trish Stratus go through a table on this show. Now, it's something that doesn't particularly age well, an entire crowd that pops every time a woman gets manhandled. It's not <laughs> particularly special in that regard, but it's it's a story that has a beginning and it pays off, and they and they pay it off uh, wonderfully in there. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and S.A. Rios, which doesn't sound like an amazing match on paper. Well, it does because Eddie's involved. But a European title match, that's actually really good fun. But the, the 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 pinnacle of that show is that main event. It is the match that should have headlined WrestleMania 16. It is the Rock Triple H one-on-one for the WWF Championship. It sees the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin for the first time since November of last year. And the crowd were apoplectic when uh, Steve Austin made uh, a... a an appearance at the end of the match, even though it didn't look particularly great. It was just nice to see him again. But the match was beyond anything that they put together at WrestleMania, uh, one-on-one between uh, Rock and Triple H. So Backlash 2000, that kind of gives you a bit of a, a taste for it. Like, If you're going to watch any show this week, highly recommend watching that one. Yeah, I mean, that is a stacked card when you look at it, you know. I, well, yeah, because there's a few sleeper matches in there, stuff that you wouldn't think would, yeah. and in a traditional time, wouldn't make it onto paper. Eddie Guerrero, S.A. Rios. Sounds like it would be a TV match, but there was a story in there as well. It was the night of Eddie Guerrero's prom, so you had a little story that ran through there that was quite cute, and it was S.A. Rios in his highest position ever. It was introducing us to Lita, uh, who was making a debut through S.A. Rios at that point as well. There's a few sleeper matches in there, but... As you say, stacked. Yeah, Oddly, no. when you mentioned that pay-per-view, I know that obviously the first thing that comes to mind is The Rock v Triple H. But mm. the two matches I remembered was Eddie Guerrero, S.A. Rios, and the six-man t- uh, six hardcore match, because I love Taz. So that was the two matches I remembered instantly. <laughs> it was, it was, and it was about two weeks after that amazing point in time. 2000 was amazing. And, and we look, I know it's easy to look back on stuff with rose tinted glasses, but two decades ago, it just felt like the stars were really aligning in wrestling. And it was just off Taz's coolest time in the WWF, Gary, as you'll remember, which is where he'd won the ECW championship as a WWF employee. Um, incidentally, I'd read recently about that. The, the, one, of the, one of the possible rumored plans was either going to be, apparently, allegedly, rumor and innuendo. Was it was either going to be um, Taz defending the ECW title against Triple H, or no, so Taz Taz as ECW champion facing Triple H, which is what we saw. The other plan rumored was that Mike Awesome was going to turn up in, in on SmackDown and lose in three championship matches. Really? That was that was another rumored innuendo that, that was <laughs> that was reported in the Observer at that point was that, that that Mike Awesome owed Paul one, and one of the rumors was that Awesome was going to turn up and just get thrashed by three champions in quick order on SmackDown. The Alpha Taz Triple H and then a Cornell champion at the time, I guess. Well, Triple H was the WWF champion at that point. I, I know. Taz was ECW champ, and it was just that they had a promo. Before for it and it was just this is cool like this is the ECW champ the WWF champ trading bumps and it was a couple of weeks after that where we had that hardcore match where Taz shone as Gary said but it was a cool time for Taz the WWF one of the very few cool times that he really had (laughs) (laughs) Tom that's brilliant I'm looking forward to seeing that especially I I do not remember Dean Malenko versus Scotty Too Haughty but that does sound interesting to me (laughs) again they 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 
had no right to, to make the light heavyweight championship so important. But they had Malenko turn it up as part of the radicals. Like you didn't, you got the vibe. They didn't quite know what they were doing with them. No. It was like, it was just like, it was like just pulled Christmas and you, and you bought all your Christmas presents and then somebody pulls up with a Lamborghini and says, that's yours. It's like, oh, well, I don't know what, to, this is great, but I have no idea what to do with this. I haven't factored this in. Uh, so they, they made an amazing, they made use of all the lads and Malenko with that light heavyweight championship. Oh, I just suited him. And then when Scotty turned up and they went back and forth with the belt, it's like, how, how, how is this so good? Like, and But then the light heavyweight championship would sort of, fall back under the under the mat again but for a brief shining moment it was a belt that was very crucially defended yeah. on pay-per-view nice well backlash 2000 that is your homework for next week and um, tom where can we get you plug all your stuff uh at tom campbell on twitter uh, there's apparently an american senator who's after that twitter handle so don't message me about american reform i ain't got a scooby-doo <laughs> uh so at tom campbell on twitter i'm doing stuff on twitch twitch.tv slash the tom campbell uh or at cultaholic i have to plug the boys youtube twitter uh, Facebook, anywhere you get social media, find us on there. Uh, subscribe to the Coltonic podcast feed, daily news podcast, as well as uh, wrestling specials, interviews with uh, some of the lads, retro reviews and all that stuff. Search Coltonic wherever you get your podcasts from. If you, if you are going to listen to another wrestling podcast, listen to Tom. You oh, you. oh, you! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it, Gary! Stop it! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You just made the list! Every week we ask for you guys to vote on our list of wrestling daft. This week marks 21 years since Chris Jericho debuted in the WWE, so that was one of the best debuts ever. So we put that up, best debuts up against the best moments from Chris Jericho in WWE, and it was the best debuts that won it. However, thank you very much to Bobby Carmichael, who also pointed out we've actually done this before on episode oh, 18. No. But never mind, my bad, we'll continue... <laughs> With the best uh, debuts ever, because nobody else pointed it out. So uh, we'll get. I tell you what, we'll get your ones first, Davy. What are your your, your favourite debuts? Uh, well, my favourite debut. A couple of my favourite debuts was uh, see. Well, we two for Kurt Angle, obviously, uh, but he's no debuted two of the times. But the Kurt Angle one with Taz debuted against him, came out, choked him out, beat his undefeated streak, and that at Royal Rumble two thousand was it? Yeah, uh, aye. And Kurt Angle when he debuted in TNA when he comes out, man, it's all him and Samoa Joe face to face, ready to go for it, ends up sticking up, no, not in for all the two of them just start brawling. That nah, that's class, man. That one was brilliant. And uh, I don't know if it is it is it Khalil who debuted and then won the Intercontinental title in that? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm sure he, I'm sure he did, it was a US title, maybe he debuted against John Cena and he beat him for it. Khalil yeah. definitely debuted against John Cena. Um he won the US title. title. There you go. You're, you're fitting in amongst our, us, Mark. You're out marking us here, Davey. <laughs> well, you don't have anyone. I'll just have me being a wee guy. That was my, my kind of rebellious stage. Not me, but I'm starting to know, obviously, I'm starting to like all the bad guys and that. And, he <laughs> out, and he's spitting in people's face. Thought one of the title on his first night. I was like, that guy is an absolute G, man. That's actually what, that's what I'd like to do with anybody is Khalil. Really? Um, 
But the one that's possible, the ones that are like possible, not you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sean Michaels and stuff like that. But Kalito's probably possible because he actually still wrestles and that still does stuff. I mean, yeah. oh, I, MVP was one as well, but I don't think he's possible maybe on being in WWE and that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So him or RVD would be the two I'd like to do. You know what I mean? But, it could happen, mate. It could happen. I could just imagine you kicking about Govan with your apple as well. I know, you guys just bit me an apple, not being mean? I've got uh, just a wee like, ashtray full of doubts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary, then, what is your top three? What are your top three? Oh, my top, sorry, before I had my top one, I, my top one would be obviously John Cena coming out and slapping Karang. It's all three of them, actually. They're, they're, they're not intertwined anyway, you know what I mean? The one where he comes out and slaps John Cena, you know what I mean? He slaps Karang. That's amazing, you know what I mean? I'm just like, never heard of the guy, obviously, you know what I mean? It was when the internet was starting to kick off and on, you know what I mean? So I'd heard that, obviously, hit bits and bobs with John Cena, but never actually seen him. And obviously, comes out and does that, and it was class. Ruthless aggression, Gary. What you're to what's your top three? So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and mention a couple that are all fall into the same category as to why I'm no picking them, uh, and then I'll give you my top three. So obviously I knew Chris Jericho was out the window because he is the full reason we're doing it. Otherwise he would have been in the top three for me. But the ones that came to mind that I decided to disqualify was because they were factions: the Shield, Nexus, the yeah. Radicals, and NWO were all brilliant. But I've just wrote them off because it's more than one person. At number three for me might be a surprising one. Royal Rumble, AJ Styles. Can it be? It is! The phenomenal one is here! AJ Styles! Oh my gosh! It has been rumored for weeks that the hottest free agent in sports entertainment was heading to WWE. Uh, The way Roman Reigns sold it, with the, the kind of who's this guy and then obviously seeing who it was and I think Roman Reigns sold it brilliantly we all kind of knew AJ Styles was coming to WWE at some point at that point but I don't think anybody knew it was going to happen that night at the Royal Rumble and I thought that was absolutely fantastic so for me definitely AJ Styles is in at number three number two I was torn between what I was putting in first and second place but number two for me has to be and this probably should be number one if I wasn't a mark for the person that's going in at number one. Number two is the debut of Kane. Oh my God, wait a minute. It's Paul Bear. It's Paul Bear. And that, that's got to be, that's got to be Kane. That's got to be Kane. For me, one of the best debuts of all time, just because of the story that had been built beforehand. And then we finally see Kane. And for me, I still think one of the one of the best characters in wrestling history. And I'll stand by that. He should have definitely had male and better title runs. But I, I just absolutely loved Kane's debut. And number one, I know that it's a decent choice because Ravy Davy had it in his selection. Taz, Madison Square Garden, coming in and choking at Kurt Angle. Yeah. His opponent from the red up section of Brooklyn, weighing 248 pounds. of the undefeated Kurt Angle. Even just the, the, the kind of, that sound effect that I, th- I think they use for Tommaso Ciampa now. I keep saying that my favourite things in wrestling is when they do a, like a mysterious build and then the build pays off. The only time they've done it recently and done it well was way um, in terms of debuts was Asuka. They had the, the face flashing up before she came up for NXT. 
the other time was Chris Jericho, and then this time with Taz. I remember that um, the orange tribal design coming up with the 13 the ah, weeks beforehand, yeah. and then the lights go out and the cut angle. And obviously, Taz being for, you know, Red Hook, Brooklyn, New York, and that being Madison Square Garden, everybody being big ECW fans there as well because of Taz being for New York. Everything was perfect for it, and I just think that debut for me, probably the greatest debut of all time. So that would have even edged out Chris Jericho for me. That's how much I loved it. Wow. Yeah, no, I just cause it obviously, but it's so high for it, they could have all sorts of places with it, and then it just kind of dipped, you know what I mean? Taz? Oh, they completely shat the bed with Taz after that. I think everyone, oh, I, I was I, expecting I, world champion Taz within a year and everything, and then they just. He was good on comms, though. He was good on comms. <laughs> they wrote it off after a day by doing the full, you know, he choked at Kurt Angle, and then they're like, oh, it was an illegal choke. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, come on, just a, let him have the it, win. They beat uh, undefeated Kurt it was Angle. A shitty fi- it was a shitty finish the way they did it. Um, some of the listeners, uh, Scott, it's still Jericho for me, but Keynes was class. I remember watching that as a six-year-old and absolutely shiting myself. <laughs> um, Tommy says, Paige's debut was really Aye. good. Yeah, that was Aye. that was the night after WrestleMania, wasn't it? And she took the, the title from AJ. Won the title, That was incredible. Uh, Taz is a great shout, says Kieran. I uh, loved that when they spotlighted him instead of just having him enter the Rumble. Um, one of the biggest MSG pops of all time. Uh, you and Kevin Owens NXT and Raw debut against Cena were both cracking. Uh, Kevin Owens was a great debut, aye, actually. Aye. Uh, that US Open title that was really, really good. Um, Sting at Survivor Series, that's a bit of a hidden Oof. one there. Aye. I love everything Sting did in WWE. I know that obviously it didn't work out the way we wanted, but even the, the statue reveal with the Seth Rollins thing, I know it wasn't his debut, but that for me was brilliant. Yeah. I have to be fair, I didn't really like the debut. The debut was a bit wasted, I felt. I mean, just it comes out at the end. Aye. Yeah. That was Dean that said that one. Uh, Keith says it's got to be DDP's debut in WWE, coming out on the motorbike to Undertaker's music, wearing the balaclava, uh, like the diamond cutter, no one's seen it coming. Shame the guy ended up getting buried along the, along the way by the Undertaker. The, the storyline was probably my least favourite storyline ever. You've got DDP, don't make yeah. him a stalker. It was just... Aye, aye. Yeah, I, I, didn't like, I don't like, you know, they wasted... Again, that was another wasted opportunity from WWE. They don't normally because do that. that run about that time, but when he comes out and he hits the... Remember, uh, Paul says, remember when WWF used to produce the amazing big nets, you know, those teasers weeks before seeing them on TV or pay-per-view, thinking Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Edge and Mankind to name a, a few. A recent one would be Karrion Cross. Do you know what? It was fantastic. Yeah, with all the kind of ravens and all that. Aye, kind of and the, the vignettes as well before that. That was one of the ones that went back to the old yeah. school where they built it up really well. And then his debut, the full, they gave him the full production, the, the full whack there. So that's definitely up there. Aye, Paul's also said uh, one man gang being reborn into Akeem in a back alley oh. with a bin on fire. Oh. Classic 88 WWE. Hasn't aged well either. Um, Raymond finally uh, says uh, my first day of primary school in 1985, I was walked in pure swaggering. I was like, yes, man, that's my seat. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a new part of the show where we invite the listeners to come in to do a run-in. Uh, you get to come on, ask what you want, and then get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, and this week, we've got the one and only Chris Jack, but has actually got a ring name, Kirk Cooper. How are you doing, Chris Stroke Kirk? 
I'm not bad at all, John. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's it's been a a goal of mine to get on to wrestling daft since he started out uh, back last year. So you know, absolutely wasn't to be on. Absolutely wasn't it be on a podcast that people listen to as well. <laughs> just, um, apart from the fact that we've got Ravy Davy here, um, obviously present company excluded, you've just chose a bad week to be on because instead of talking to Rabin Grado, you get John and Gary. No, I'm just happy to be talking to anybody about wrestling. You know, uh, doing doing what I do over here in Northern Ireland, uh, it's it's quite hard to get a hold of you know top end guys, top level wrestling guys to speak to. So you know, we we three lads like yourselves, more than happy to be on to uh, have a wee bit of chat with you. Where is it you where is it you train that in Ireland didn't you? Obviously you've had a bit of fucking news for a bit of madness there, didn't you? Yeah, so I have been training with Titanic Wrestling uh, right. for the last well, they, they started up in May last year. I formerly I was with uh, Pro Wrestling Ulster, PWU, mm-hmm. uh, who'd got nailed started training with them back in two thousand eighteen. Uh, and then the show that I debuted on with them uh, turned out to be the last ever show. Ah, that's all. So I'm, I'm a I'm a promotion killer as well as, as <laughs> I, and then yeah since uh, over the last couple of weeks I think it was the end of July uh, when the gyms opened up back over here we've been able to get back into training uh, and it's it's been class it's been so good getting back into the way of things and you know taking those first few bumps back was absolutely brutal but it was amazing at the same time it was just so good to get back in with a group of guys and and start running the ropes again. There's one thing, you know, before we get into your question on the run-in, uh, Kirk, is you have worked with Bingo Balance. I have worked with Bingo Balance. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I know you guys usually ask about, like, credentials and stuff, and uh, to be honest, uh, wrestling credentials, I've got them falling at my arse, but I think the, the biggest one is, uh, you know, I've, I've been involved with, with Bingo. I had no idea there was such a cult following for them. Uh, but only on this uh, podcast, only on this podcast. <laughs> but, but no, like, I've only worked with them a couple of times. The the first time I worked with them was in a, a chapel. It was in a chapel in Banbridge, <laughs> uh, and it was my first uh, stint as as being a manager uh, for uh, one of my one of my mates, Lewis Alexander. Uh, and we were doing this multi man match. Like the promotion we were working for, he is mad for you know multi man matches and weird stipulations and stuff. So uh, the, I came out as the manager, but there was this like pensioner woman in the crowd and she'd been effing and jeffing like, the whole way through the show. Like the promoter had to get on the mic and say, like, if you don't like stop the swearing, this is a family show, we'll need to huckle you out of the chapel kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and she ended up attacking me. She ended up attacking me like mid-match. So I was, I was you know, helping, helping my mate Lewis out, being a wee bit of a distraction. She comes and she tugs me off the side of the, uh, the ring. Um, like at the time, because it was a multi-man match and there was loads of folk round about, I had no idea if it was one of the other guys that was supposed to be in the match. So I, I'm like kicking out at this pensioner that's you know like swearing at me and stuff. And at that point, I, like she actually stopped me for having a bit of a spot with Bingo. So I, I like it totally like ruined the uh, ruined that bit of the match. And oh, then it ended. Oh, your pure anxiety. Up, not, not well, I, like that, that's what I mean. You know, I think there was only there was maybe only about twenty five folk at the show, but it was my first time working for that promotion in front of that crowd. I'm sorry, kicking in, man. I get it, man. It would be brutal. So <laughs> I, but no, I. I think <laughs> But I, you know, it, it was it was somewhere to make a debut, not just alongside the 
they're not all bingo balance, but the fact that I near enough kicked a pensioner in the curtain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you can maybe put a good word in for bingo. We, we can maybe make the dream come true of getting him on this show. Um, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Cross, cross. <laughs> Kirk, it's the running. What you want to ask us? So, uh, my, my question really was, you know, because we've been back at uh, training over here at Titanic for the last couple of weeks, we still don't know what shows are going to look like. Uh, once uh, once we're able to get them back up and running. So taking into account, you know, the effect that COVID's had on local wrestling here and obviously over in Scotland and, and the rest of that wrestling and with the, the spectre of speaking out still hanging quite largely over it, how do you guys see, you know, wrestling locally returning and in what form? How, how do you guys see that that's going to work and how are we, you know, what's going to be the best way to get crowds back and wrestlers back to, albeit a, ultimately a safe environment. I've really? got a dream scenario. Um, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I've got a dream scenario that will never happen in Scotland. I don't know if anybody caught a show that was on last week. There's been photos that are floating about called Warrior Wrestling in Chicago. Yeah, and they hired out a massive American football pitch and had everybody socially <laughs> distanced. And there's like, um, they've took drone footage here and it looks absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Only thing is here, the weather probably doesn't permit that happening. <laughs> Aye, that, that, that's that is probably the biggest kicker because I think like there was talk like we'd we'd spoken you know one of the first sessions back about you know the about maybe doing like a cinematic thing or like a, an outdoor show to announce that they were coming back, but it's it's just such a, a a difficult thing to judge how you can do it because like the weather's so changeable over here. Outdoor shows, you know, it's hit or miss whether you get folk to come along to them as well because of that. So it's so it's a, a tough way of looking at it. I've also, um, one of my last wrestling shows I attended was in Govan, Source Wrestling, and I've seen how over Ravy Davy is at Source Wrestling, <laughs> so I don't know how you socially distance uh, for the Wayne's jumping on Ravy Davy and <laughs> getting involved there. Uh, well, obviously, that'll, I don't know what's happening with that, obviously. The, guy, the guys for the Fairfield have actually said to me, you know what I mean, that uh, I'm not working with the... Uh, Mobile or working with because Aye. what happened because obviously accusations and that's so obviously with that it'll need to be something completely different anyway. But I don't know, man, because I think wrestling will be the last thing to come back because we're not getting into uh, we're not getting into training or going to the gyms or anything like that until September, not I mean, and then we're just trying in Scotland, which I actually I'm fair enough, not I mean, obviously I try to keep it safe, and I think we're just we're doing everything a wee bit slower than everybody else, so. I can't see us wrestling until probably next year, the, the earliest, not I mean, so mm-hmm. I'm, maybe there might be stuff with. The thing I would love to do, right? This is my idea. Did you ever see DDT? They go and do all these batshit crazy stuff like wrestling and swimming pools and all that stuff like that, right? <laughs> know how loud in Castle? Mate, <laughs> 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 nah, honestly, I would definitely do that. I would claim what would happen with the mouse trap, man, jump half it. Maybe we'll jump half it, but I'd jump half it off right? that. I mean, something like that. Honestly, that's the stuff that I would like to do, man. Just like, cinematic crazy stuff that you can put on YouTube, something different so that you can get the views. Because Obviously, we'd be able to wrestle and do stuff like that because of the, the laws are like drink. Put it this way, if you can get 50 people in a pub, you should be allowed to get two guys doing last cinematic wrestling event or something like that. So I think maybe that should be the way it goes until we find out men are here, maybe do stuff outside the box. Because I can't even, air here, I can't see them letting men sweat each other, each arm, fling each other about until... <laughs> That swing, man, you need somebody dressed up as the, the old mascot, that old daft lion, and either they unmasking but somebody's he done or you but there he done, that would be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I was, 
I think outside the boat, stuff like that, I mean, because I don't think they're going to let you say at the wrestling anytime soon, have fans in and stuff like that, so you need mm. to do something, like, like talking short of mania, look how good that went after. Aye. Something yeah. that's different, like, something that'll have a buzz that people will pay for, you know what I mean, that will actually be legal and you'll not get the jail for, maybe. Well, thanks for coming on, Kirk. Uh, did you get the answer you're looking for? Oh, yeah, definitely. As I say, we're, as I say, as at Titanic, we're, we're still trying to come up with ways of, ways of making sure we can get ourselves back out there in the, the best way possible. It's going to be safest for the fans and the performers and everything like that, even with training just now. You know, it, I mean, we're, we're doing stuff that, that schools should be doing anyway in terms of, you know, cleanliness, hygiene, all that sort of stuff. But we've obviously got that bigger emphasis on it now. Uh, in terms of, you know, cleaning up the gym after this, not just leaving the, the cans of Monster lying like we normally would. Uh, but it's, you know, it's exciting just to be, like, back in the ring. The social aspect of it as well. I mean, you know, we've got guys that haven't socialised with anybody for the last four and a half months. And then it's, it's hard enough, uh, you'll know yourself, David, it's hard enough to get a conversation with somebody when you're putting them in the balls or trying to slam them. <laughs> You know, so you're, you're trying to get all that crammed into your wee two-hour sessions and stuff, so... Oh, no, definitely. I mean, I get what you're talking about. It's even me as well. I've had one... My, my, I've got a wrestling where I actually get my wrestling fixed. You know what I mean? Because my pals, no, they don't like wrestling at all. No, I mean, they like mm. getting drunk and playing football and stuff like that. No, I mean, so they don't really... If I start talking to them about wrestling, they'll just start telling them an idiot. No, I mean, stuff like that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not been there. <laughs> I get my wrestling fixed and all that. No, I mean, so I, I, I did get that. The social aspect of it. I've got a lot of guys that like, train at obviously wrestling is the only time they get out and see what people well, are that, That's exactly it. You know, I'm a, a guy in my mid-30s that's got a, a four-year-old daughter, so socialising is not really in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, getting up to getting up to the yard maybe once or twice a week, that is my, my social life. Well, Definitely. I hope it all works out and uh, good luck with Titanic and hope we can get a show on or in some way or shape or form. Uh, the cinematic idea I think would be great, especially if you can make it happen at Loudoun Castle with David <laughs> and Paul with, dressed as a lion. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Well, sure, um, we, uh, our training centre is uh, just off the, it's between the Falls and the Shankle, so I'm sure that we could get some sort of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some sort of stuff going on up there in Belfast. That'd be good, that'd be good. <laughs> I would love to obviously come out of Belfast and that and stuff like that and wrestle, man, but obviously I don't like my, my Celtic single that would blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate heel. <laughs> Ultimate heel in Belfast, bro. Uh, Kirk, thanks very much, and that's it for this week's running. No worries. Cheers, fellas. Thanks for having me. So, more big interviews brought to you by Gary Cassidy. Obviously, him working for Sports Kida does help us out on this podcast because he gets lots of big interviews. Um, and this week, we've got another one. And Alex will be gutted he's not here because we've got one of Japan's finest, Tama Tonga. Aye, so oddly, I've been interviewing for about two years, two and a half years now. This is the first active New Japan talent I've ever interviewed. Um, but absolutely brilliant. I got in touch with him because I absolutely love his podcast, Tama's Island. But the list goes on. Everybody knows, you know, Tama Tonga, you get the the, the stuff that we've seen on Twitter with him and Roman Reigns having the wee back and forth, which I asked him about, of course. But apart from that, six-time IWGP tag team champion, he's the adoptive son of Haku as well. Is he really? I did not know that. I think a real-life uncle, but adoptive son. Um, Aye. So that, I mean, impressive guy just for that. And obviously we all know about what he's done in Japan. He's one of the, if nobody knows about New Japan Wrestling, he's still one of the names that most people know anyway. Um, OG of the Bullet Club, uh, one of the founding members of the Bullet Club, which 
everybody knows how many hundreds and hundreds of members have been in the Bullet Club. So it was just brilliant to chat to him about that, about New Japan, about, you know, the stuff with Roman Reigns, about the Good Brothers. And my favourite part of the interview, because we always like a wee TNA mention here, is that the Good Brothers had told me a couple of days before that they are actively pushing for Impact and New Japan to work together. So I asked him about that as well, and he was all for it, which is something that maybe people didn't expect for a New Japan talent. Yeah, and here he is on Wrestling Daft, it's Tama Tonga. Hey everyone, it's Gary Cassidy here from Sportskeeda Wrestling, and as you just heard, and as you can see, I'm joined by a man who, well, it doesn't need any introduction anyway, but it's rude not to give someone one. Six-time IWGP Tag Team Champion, son of the legendary Haku, one half of G.O.D., one of, and this, I think, is something that you can't understate, one of the Bullet Club OGs. If you think of how many people have been in the Bullet Club, to be one of the OGs is no mean feat. It is the bad guy, or the good bad guy, it's Tama Tonga. How's it going, Tama? <laughs> Gary, thank you very much for having me. I'm doing very, very well. What a nice introduction you gave me there, man. All right. That's I'm just uh, bringing you up before I bring you right down and interview <laughs> and, and hit you with all sorts, man. That's the way we do it here. Um, so, yeah, first thing, you know, I asked, how's it going? It seems like you're doing fine. The world yes. right now is a little bit of a mess. Um, we can see what's behind you. I know you've been busy starting your own podcast, Tama's Island, but what's your current situation? Let's start with what continent are you on and, um, you know, how are you doing in this pandemic? Oh, uh, yes. Thomas Island podcast started because of this uh, pandemic here, residing in the United States, East Coast, down in Florida. Uh, I've had a lot of time on my hand, Gary. A lot of time, you know, no international travel right now. And uh, we're keeping everybody. So I, I'm trying to fill in my, my free space here, trying to stay busy, keep my mind focused on, 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 our, on our product. And it's been going very well, man. Excellent. Well, that's the one thing that I love it when, you know, my life is made easy and I can be really lazy. We really don't need to go through any of your career because Tama's Island starts at the very start and covers everything. The thing that I always like to give people a hook, I know that you don't need a hook to listen to something, you know, that's got Tama Tonga hosting it anyway. Um, but for me, the very first episode, I was hooked for a start. You had Carl Anderson as the guest. But the mm -hmm. one story that I love that people need to go and check out if you haven't already heard it is Tamatonga and the Bullet Club t-shirts, the counterfeit Bullet Club t-shirts <laughs> that you were selling. That is one of my favorite wrestling stories of all time. Absolutely love it. But yeah, how, have you, how have you found the podcasting thing? I think you're nine or ten episodes deep now. Are you, are you yep. enjoying it? Is that a nice escape yeah. from wrestling? Or? It's nice, man. It's very nice because uh, I have Ross Berman there co-hosting and he's able to come up with questions that uh, that a lot of the fans have questions about. Like uh, like fill in the blanks and, and gaps between timeline in my time, not only in my timeline, but my time, uh, Bullet Club timeline. I'm able to answer a lot of questions that, that the fans are very interested in knowing and I just never thought, and even some that I never thought about, you know. Uh, so it's been it's been fun. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. It's fun. If it's not fun, I ain't doing it, man. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Well, that's the thing that you mentioned there. And this was something that was echoed by a guy we just mentioned, uh, Carl Anderson. So the Good mm -hmm. Brothers obviously just done their big, you know, 
blowout interview after their recent, um, you know, well, their release, but their 90 day compete clause ending. And they said mm-hmm. they needed Ryan Satin there to keep it under control. I think that's very much what Ross does with you. Uh, just <laughs> yes. Along the way, make sure that you get the answers that he wants to get out of you. So it's a really cool situation. That's uh, right, man. We mentioned there Carl Anderson and the Good Brothers, you know, two guys that you know very, very, very well. I interviewed them a couple of days ago and they said that as soon as the world is open again, they cannot wait to get back to, to New Japan. So for me, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing I'm like, well, we know why they can't get to Japan right now. We know why you can't get to Japan right now. Mm-hmm. But when you guys are all back there, are you just all going to be back together and working as one big happy family? Oh, of course, man. <laughs> of course. That, that's... See, now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, man. It's, this is all, I feel like it's all been planned. I had this planned out with Carl Anderson five years ago, man. It was supposed to be only three years, but, you know, it, it got a, it kind of extended to five years. But this, that's family, man. Once you bullet club, you bullet club for life, you know. So, uh, especially the, the, the originals, man. And so, I'm looking forward to having them brothers come out to Japan and we can, you know, rock and roll again. And I need to ask, what do you think of the stuff they've been doing recently? You know, they've, they left WWE 90 days ago, having had the last match. I know that they were only part of it, but your last match is with The Undertaker. You leave 90 days later, join Impact Wrestling. They get the eyes of the world on Impact. They're doing their own talking shop, Amania stuff. What do you think about what they're doing right now? I freaking love it, man. I love it. This is this is the real deal Holyfield that what they're doing. I, I love it that they're able to to uh come off that uh, such a platform and still rock and roll and still keep moving forward and upward so um you know a lot of guys can't aren't able to do that kind of move those kind of moves when they leave a a platform such as wwe but these guys man i'm telling you gallows taught us well how to hustle he taught us real well that's where the whole uh bootlegging comes from you know if it wasn't (laughs) for gallows so i know that you know those, those boys will do very well and being with impact it's been a nice splash in the, in the, on media for them. So I'm I'm really happy about that, man. I'm really happy for the brothers. I'm actually talking to them right now. And the first text I get from Gallows is, hey, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I missed you the other day. Uh, when is New Japan opening up again? Do you know? <laughs> I said, soon, man. Soon. Come on, man. Let me get there first before you, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, soon, but not soon enough. Definitely right? not soon enough. <laughs> That's the one thing that I think, you know, the perfect statement, I think, for the both of them is they don't leave money on the table. Man, yeah. they, they know how to how to make the most oh, of yeah. everything. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, that's another thing that came up that we, we, we need to move on to. I need to ask you about this because you're someone on the other side of this. Um, they're obviously, you know, they've got their hands in all the pies right now. Uh, but uh-huh. they said to me when I asked the other night, you know, you guys, your impact contract apparently has a stipulation that you can still work in Japan. They said 100%. And they said, before I even got around to asking this question, they said, we want a working partnership between impact and new Japan. Now, a lot of people will remember stuff that's happened in the past, but what are your thoughts on any potential working relationship? You know, impact's got new management that's familiar with new Japan. What would your thoughts be on something like that happening? I think it would be great. I think it would be great to get, um, you know, a, a full, just bring out a product out here to the States. It would be great to have a platform to, to share that. We used to be on Access. We used to have a regular thing here. But I think with the situation, the world situation and things kind of, um, you know, taking a turn, I think it will be good to, 
relationship for both. Um, and having the good brothers there, somebody that that we trust, you know, that that worked with us before, that understands New Japan, the ins and outs, could could really uh, facilitate things like these, you know. And um, I think it'll be a great altogether. I would love that. The one uh, the one thing they sold me on was they were like, you know, obviously they guys are going to be there and going back and forward. But they said, mm-hmm. imagine Tanahashi versus Eddie Edwards in a main event. And I was like, yep, sold. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good match right there, and there's plenty more where that came from. Oh, it yeah. was a mixing of rosters. So obviously we're going to get into a bit of New Japan, but I've got one question beforehand. I can see mm. that you've shaved the beard off. Um, you know, you used to have a slightly similar look. I never really knew how I felt about this comparison. Obviously the attire was a bit similar. Everyone always compared Tama Tonga and Roman Reigns. What mm-hmm. was that comparison like for you? What do you think of being compared to Roman Reigns? Uh, all positive for me, you know, uh, I don't take, to me, it's it's nothing. And if the fans think so, okay, great. Cause he's up there at a level, uh, with exposure and all it does is just, you know, put me out there with him. So that's all positivity. It's all good. Love it. I I don't have no negative trait to it. You know, we had a little spat back and forth, you know, (laughs) Yeah, but he knows now I can, hey, I, I, I ain't one to back down, but it's all good. We have that understanding. That is a match I would absolutely love to see. But if anything <laughs> came of it, you know, you've got the military background, which is why I believe you wear the kind of military attire. You've got mm-hmm. the upper hand there, definitely. You can say not that. Oh, great. definitely. But of course, you're, um, <laughs> not right now, but you are working in Japan, you know, if we look at things from the, the outside of the kind of coronavirus pandemic stuff, mm. you are currently, I believe, contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling. You mm. know, you are one of the OGs of the Bullet Club. There's been a few things going on with the Bullet Club recently, so of course I need to ask you about that. Yeah, a man okay. who recently seems to have joined someone who you actually have defeated earlier this year in a tag team championship match, I believe, Evil. Was that earlier this year? That was last year. No, that was last year. That was last yeah. year, man. That Time was last flying. year. So yeah, a year yeah. and a half ago. So a lot we had, changed in that. Yeah, time. we were feuding for a while. Evil with and Sonata, we Sonata. were feuding. Uh, yeah, we were feuding for a while, and uh, but we've had uh, we've high, had our eye on on Evil for probably since the beginning of this year, and you know, gotta make moves, man. Bullet Club always gotta make moves for the future. Well, that was something for me that, you know, the, the tournament had been building and building and building. And the more it gets in, the more you're going, I've got a feeling Evil is going to be, you know, the, the dark horse, so to speak, yeah. in this one. And that turn, you know, the, the, the gesture turning into mm. the two suite was like the greatest thing ever. I need mm. to ask, what was your thoughts on that moment? How perfectly that was executed? Oh, I, I was sitting up waiting on that moment. I loved it. I loved it. I that that's the that's the stuff that we you know Bullet Club man we're we're known for for you know bringing in guys especially you know uh, controversial guys and Evil was definitely making that moment controversial you know so um, I gotta say it splashed all over social media all over media that was great I loved it man I me and evil came up together in the system man so i'm i'm very i know there's a lot there that that can happen with with evil he's got a lot of talent unexplored talent right now so i think bullet club is going to be the one that's going to push him straight straight to the top man 
most sure. definitely. I can't wait for that. And you might have kind of given away, you know, what I was going to ask next. The one thing that I want to ask you, the Bullet Club, of course, you know, one of the most dominant factions in the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I think you would forgive me for saying no stranger to power struggles. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of different leaders over the years, a lot of people vying uh-huh. for that leadership. You know, there's evil as is, uh, is here. You know, you've mm-hmm. got yourself as well, one of mm-hmm. the OGs, one of the few OGs left. And of course, there's Jay White as well. Who is the current uh-huh. leader of the Bullet Club? I'd say I'd say we all are. I'd say we're working as a team. It's a democracy right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a democracy because I think we 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 uh we axed out one leader and we we always had the the reputation of one leader goes out, another one comes in. But lately we've had, you know, there's never been a time in Bullet Club like right now where shoot, you got you got a guy with two straps, you know, the top two straps in New Japan. How is he not the leader? How is he not the, you know, but he is our front man right now. And so I, I gotta say, we, we got front men to represent the club. That's, I think it's a better term. Instead of saying leader, we got front men, you know, the, the spearhead, the, the, the movement right now. So I'd yeah, say, because yeah. a leader is all, uh, who, who's to say that father isn't the leader? Because I look at him as a leader. We don't, I mean, who doesn't, you know, how do you know I'm not the leader? I've been in that since day one. You know, so Jay White, the man who's the front man now, he couldn't, you know, right now couldn't be in Japan because of the whole situation. So we made moves to get us a man to put us in the front, right? Someone needs to step good. up. Someone yeah. needed to step up, and oh, yeah. I guess you've got plenty of soldiers on the front line. I guess oh, that would be baby. A, a nice way to put it. So I've got one mm. last question for you. You know, obviously, uh-huh. the way the situation is right now, I'm guessing you're just itching to get back in the wrestling ring. Obviously, you've got you know Tama's Island that's keeping you busy, mm-hmm. and hopefully, it continues to keep you busy because I love hearing it personally. But when you get back in the ring. You know, I guess you're going to be itching to wrestle someone and they're going to get a whole lot of brutality coming their way. Who's the one person you want to get back in the ring with? I don't have a, I don't have a person. I do have a goal. Yeah. I see that Okada put out a new title. Yeah. King of Pro Wrestling title. And that, 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 that serves my interest a lot. And I think, man, to be the king of pro wrestling... That's a, that's a different one in Japan. Something new, something I, I can definitely uh, put my my attention and focus to. That's is new, you know. Twenty twenty, it's a whole new deal going on, man. I think we have a lot of opportunity here. So I wouldn't say a person. I would say a title, and that King of Pro Wrestling title looks mighty, mighty uh, scrumptious. <laughs> I love that word for it. That is the best word I've heard to determine the title ever. I think we should rename it to the scrumptious title. That would be absolutely amazing. The scrumptious title. <laughs> Excellent, man. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast for me, and hopefully, hopefully, we see you back in the ring very yeah. soon. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. Cool, man. So, am I okay to just ask that one last question for the podcast okay. as well? Excellent. Cool. So, I know that turning Japanese on Wrestling Daft is normally Alex territory. 
Alex tries to convince myself and producer John that Japanese wrestling is the best wrestling on the planet. And I mean, I think he is getting round to convincing both of us because, man, there's so much to enjoy in Japan right now. Not least the fact that it's probably the only place you can see wrestling with a crowd right now. But Alex is, you know, Alex is an expert because he's watched it for several years. But he's got nothing on the man who joins me right now. One of the OGs of the Bullet Club, currently, or not quite currently, but currently wrestling in Japan, if we look at things from, you know, what's going to happen when he's back. Tama Tonga. Tama Tonga, I need to ask you, what makes Japanese wrestling great? What would you say to convince someone that had never watched Japanese wrestling that they need to watch it? Oh, my goodness. Look at our history. We have, we have a long history. 1972, New Japan started. Look, at, look who's been through it. Anybody who's ever came through New Japan, they've made it out there in America. I mean, look at our current standing right now. Look, Bullet Club was the biggest faction in all of pro wrestling. Still is. Look at the, the people we've produced. Finn Balor, AJ Styles. I, come on, the Good Brothers, you know, the elite. Name it. We run – there's a, there's a Bullet Club in every wrestling promotion out there in america anywhere you we we have our stand look at shinsuke nakamura new japan kushida new japan i mean come on man do i need to keep going down the list this look at our style you have to make it through here this is like the gauntlet you make it through new japan you can make it anywhere and on that list is tamatonga as well which is definitely reason to be watching so that's it for this week's show. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Remember, we go twice a week now. You can get the main show on a Friday. Rab and Grado are back next week. You'll be glad to hear. And you can catch me and Gary back on the marks on a Tuesday. Danny, thanks for coming on, mate. No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm actually, this is something I've, I've wanted today. No, maybe not just all rest and daft, obviously, of course. But I've always, like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts earlier the the lockdown and stuff like that. So it's actually something I've been wanting to step my foot in. So this is a great chance to actually try it out and see. I'll I'll look forward to the Ravy Davy podcast. That'll be a belter. (laughs) Get it on the go, mate. Get it on the go. Remember, uh, if you want to subscribe to Patreon, get more content, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Gary, what are you up to for the rest of the week? Where can we catch you? Doing uh, hopefully nothing for the next few days, just because I've got Hunter's interviews that need transcribed. So, um, Wrestling Gary on Twitter, keep saying it, my, my gimmick, uh, type in Wrestling Daft, give that a follow and then take away the last four letters, stick in Gary. Um, not sure what's going to be on this show, full transparency, this is, I don't know what the interviews are, we're going with over the next few weeks, but obviously right. we've got Enzo probably at some point. What, what uh, we do Enzo next week? Can do. Let's do. Let's do Enzo next week. Once we've highly, heavily edited out all the bits that we can't put out. <laughs> That's um, fine. Um, I know that the people uh, that listen to this will to be too bothered by the swear words. Um, but I so Enzo, and then I've got to interview. I think I mentioned this on the marks. Got to interview Cameron, now known as Ariane Andrew, was on the the EW tournament. She was brilliant. That's also a very sweary one as well. So I'm sure that will go down well. And I mentioned it earlier, Eric Young, and I got to speak to Kimberly and Nivea for Impact as well over the past few days. So, a so load of Impact stuff, a load of Impact stuff. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of interviews <laughs> up in the next couple of weeks, so stick by us. Rab and Grade will back next week. Um, and until next time, I've not got a catchphrase for this one, have I? You're going to say keep marking out. I'm going to say keep marking out. <laughs>
But Davey, Johnny, you you've got a catchphrase, surely, as a wrestler. You can give us a catchphrase. Yeah, I so. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Wrestling Daft. He's been producer John. He's been Gary Cast. If he's supposed to get that, I've been the Fresh Prince of Royal Square, Ravy TV. And that's what's happening, troops. Audio Frontier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.